0: Welcome to episode 362 of the Barcelona Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Ben Hilton, and we've got some real Barca business to attend to. While he is at home, it does sound a bit like you're still in the assembly, even though I know you didn't go. But it does sound like you brought up some of the old socios from the assembly with you in your house to get things done with you. Lavon. how's it going?
1: Yeah, now I got a full house, man. Rugrats <laughs> running wild.
0: Yeah, so as the Rugrats are running wild, it seems like uh, some of the Rugrats who run Barcelona have figured them things out a bit. They're a little bit behaved at the moment. So obviously, poor transition there to start the show. But obviously, Yvonne we're talking about the Assembly yesterday where some huge votes happened for the club speaker But before we do that, let's head back real quick. Again, this is for the fun part of the show. Let's head back to Fantasyland for a second. Unsurprisingly, if you look at the timing of the rumors, just about 24 hours before the Assembly convened, some semi-reliable sources reported that Barca had the inside track On signing Sevilla's Jules Koundé, taking him away from the likes of Chelsea and, you know, all the other clubs with a ton of cash. So I'm not so sure about that as far as the rumor. So instead, we're going to stay just in fantasy land, pretend that it's all real. I did put out a poll yesterday. If for 60 million euros, that's all you have, 60 million euros in this hypothetical world, you'd rather sign Lewandowski and Koulibaly or just Jules Koundé and to me not to give away the, the end of the poll but the lua kulibali combo dominated the vote but i tend to be on the other side of that where would you land
1: i would go with lua kulibali mm. yeah <laughs> no, that's that's not even close that's not even something that i need to think about i like Kunde because of his um, uh, both his physical uh, and his technical Attributes. I have questions regarding his mental uh, fortitude and whether he's really ready to to take that step and not only join a big club, because I'm pretty sure that he can join a big club, but to actually um, become an elite centre back at an elite club. Because it, like at this level, often it's mentality what sets people apart. And what, what I've seen from conde this season, I don't know if something is going on with him off the pitch. But it just seemed as if something was off. The best example of this would be uh, when he got rattled by Jordi Alba. Like of all players, you're going to let Jordi Alba get under your skin, really? And that, there were there were some other instances when I saw Mitrovica this this season, like mm, almost like I start to think like, well, did his grandmother die? Like you know, something like really going on in this guy's life, which who knows yeah.
0: right? what is true is that he was better last season than he was this previous season. As in when he was 22, he was better than he's still just 23. So I agree. He is one of those that is really, really, really knocking on the door and pushing the envelope as to being in that elite class of center backs. And you know me, I dug into the numbers here because I mean, when you talk about perfect fits, I'm not saying that Lewandowski. people heard me before. I think Lewandowski. I'm not one of those naysaying that deal because for the right price, certainly for the right weight wages for two years plus, he bangs in thirty plus goals for you, and he wins titles. That's what Lewandowski does. So obviously, I'm not denying Lewandowski would be a great fit. But for Kunde, you know the numbers say his progressive passing and dribbling is very much like Eric Garcias. Garcia is slightly better on distance per uh, per pass and passes under pressure, but that also has a lot to do with the matches themselves and those margins and the style of play between Barcelona and Sevilla. But Koundé does more when he gets in the final third as well in terms of his key passes, in terms of his passes that create scoring opportunities. And then in comparison to Araujo with defensive metrics, he has a similar number of blocks, more combined tackles plus interceptions and tackling being a category that Araujo led by 11. And his tackling percentage, that being Koundé's, of 63 is lower than Araujo's 77% but way, way higher than Garcia's. This one was almost laughable. Garcia's 37% as far as tackling percentage. And for context there, Liverpool's Virgil van Dijk is at 73%. Pau Torres of Villarreal is at 52%. And David Alaba is at 56%. So you can see there, Kunde is somewhere in the middle of the elite tacklers and really highly rated defenders who are also burdened with being good passers. So, the, the, where, where did you pull those stats? Um, they were from uh, RV Ref, which is usually what... I trust with those kind of percentages and percentiles and things like that. RB ref. Yeah. I can say, we can, I can send it to you. Hi.
1: No, cause I use F and it sounds so similar.
0: I think I'm using that site and I'm mispronouncing it. So I okay. was so, so inundated in the uh, assembly numbers that yeah, I, I didn't check the website, but yeah. So those are the, the kind of advanced metrics that I was looking for in terms of just to see if, cause I agreed with you. I thought he was way better last year than he was this year. And to me, you're right. That's the whole thing that if, If you were, if you're telling me or promising me that Koundé at 23 can break through, through Barcelona, through Xavi, can break through whatever plagued him last season, and you're getting the best version of that player, that's the player I want. But certainly, if Koundé continues to struggle, then not to say you're going to have another Langley situation, but clearly Langley was really good for Sevilla, came to Barcelona, it didn't work out, it didn't work out. So if there is any truth to any of the Koundé stuff, though, this will not be the last we hear of it or discuss it. So we're going to move on here now, Levan, to the main course. But really, you know, we're really only moving on to the vegetables, honestly, because we don't, you know, you don't want to eat them, but it's for your health. So you have to, you have to swallow all the financial stuff. I really appreciate I like it. Festivals. Well, no, I mean, not everyone. I'm talking about your children. Not, not, mm-hmm. not I mean, adult, I, I'm not American. I'm okay with festivals. Okay. All right. All right. (laughs) Okay. Well, I I certainly, at least, well, I actually do like my vegetables too, but I'm just, I'm just teasing you. I'm not, I'm not one word that I'm tired of is the word lever. I think I've had enough of that for the last week. So I'm going to try not to use that word. Instead, we're going to say that yesterday at the assembly, Barca members that were eligible to vote authorized the sale 49.9% stake in Barca licensing and merchandising which furthermore, LaVon and I will be calling BLM, but it is Barca Licensing and Merchandising. The club then can claim a sale. uh, The club did claim that the sale could bring in 200 million euros to 300 million euros in that window. And the vote wound up being 568 voted in favor, 65 against, and 13 abstained. And then uh, then came next the authorization of the stake of up to 25% of the club's TV rights from the Liga, that is just the Liga for up to 25 years, uh, Barca said that each 10% could bring in about 10 million, uh, sorry, <laughs> 10 million, 200 million euros or up to 500 million euros potentially at the highest number. For that, mm. 100, well, I, I, let me finish here. 494 voting members were in favor, just 62 against. And, you know, so translate, Do you, not only can you add more to this, Levan, but also translate, you know, prior to that vote, you felt like socios didn't have the full picture before voting. And even in that explanation that I just gave you that came from people, journalists who were there, there were things missing, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but 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 this is the same that we talked about last time. And people are still not asking the key the key question. What exactly do we need the money for? What happens when we don't have that money? You know, do I imagine we need some money to to pay all of the deferred wages, for example. I imagine we need some money to pay all of the transfer fees that are. Do and that have been piling up. Some of it is due to the um, uh, to accounting, where there there is a higher deficit because of also what we discussed last time that we talked uh, the 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 case trial the court case tra- trials the court cases that are against us. Uh, sorry for the stutter. Uh, devaluation devaluation of Pjanic and Umtiti and uh, Roberto Neto and 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 Coutinho. But we still don't know what would have happened if we did not get the money. Now they're talking about a minimum of two hundred million per ten percent of TV rights. So that would be a minimum of five hundred and a minimum of two hundred for BLM, which is seven hundred. That could go up seven to eight nine hundred million. They're also and I think this is this came from Cope. uh, They're also talking that we're planning on uh, spending two hundred million on the transfer market this season which I guess, yeah, if you have 800 million coming in, then you're going to use some of this. Uh, I don't know if that will be 200 million uh, net or 200 million with or without taking into account all of the, the player sales that might be happening. We might still sell Frankie Dion, for example. But yeah, I mean, I am not much wiser before the assembly mm-hmm. than after the assembly, other than there is a whole lot of money coming in this season. And if that money is coming in, then we will have less income over the next 25 years. One one of the things that I do think is interesting is the 25% of uh, TV income only represents about 5% of the total income. It's obviously not all of our TV income. It's La Liga TV income, not the TV income from European football, which is also a whole lot of money if we do well.
0: Yeah, I mean, that that last little part of that sentence you said, I think, is the most important thing where there it sounds like this was the quick pitch. It sounds like Barca will now be active this summer in the transfer window because of the 800 million that's coming in. But since, you know, nothing good happens without a repercussion, it's totally fair to ask. The repercussions are, are likely, unfortunately, though, for this very still unknown, because Not only are these deals, even these like I know that there's a a big variance in the number that Laporte is almost saying he's promising, but these deals, even if something is already in place, right, like it's in place to then be activated once it was approved. That's fair, but these deals obviously have not been done yet. So La- Laporta had to have them approved first, obviously. So again, not only are they not done, but we don't know the actual figures both now and in the future. And mm-hmm. in, the, in the future part of that, again, the variance of these deals is that so much of this calculation is that this is based on Barcelona winning, having success. And the difference between second and third in the Liga for these TV rights deals matters. The difference between getting to the quarterfinals of the Champions League. Well, that's the, those are some of the big ones. The quarterfinals, to the final, even not even winning it, but getting to the final as opposed to getting kicked out of the quarterfinal or, God forbid, at the group stage again, right? Yeah. Like, the, the difference in that money is millions of euros and the difference yeah. between some of these deals. So, I, I so, do, yeah.
1: Let, let me quickly jump in there and explain how the Liga TV deal
2: works. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
0: When you think of great duos, who do you think of? Jordan and Pippen or LeBron and Dwayne Wade. I mean, I talk about basketball a lot here on this podcast, but for the Barcelona version, there's PK and Puyol, or PK and Mascherano, or the easy example of Xavi and Iniesta. And as you can hear from my voice, the perfect teammates aren't just professional athletes. It's cold season. I guess the flu and cold medicine, perfect teammates as well. But in this case, when it comes to growing your business, that's you and Shopify. <coughs> Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. To be honest, I've been doing this show long enough. And as I mentioned, it's cold and flu season. You hear it in my voice, especially during the holiday season. So whenever it comes to this business, anything that I can set up and kind of have working in the background that I know and can trust is just plugging along without my attention. Those are the things that I really value at this point. So when my brain is foggy, and all I can do is manage to turn on the microphone, talk to the guest, or just talk to myself and get out a piece of content. Everything else, having that all automated or working in the background, that's been important to keeping me sane. And that's the thing about something like Shopify. What I do love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So no matter how big or small, how good of a month or how bad of a month, things are just the same working in the background. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs on every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way, because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com tbpod, all lowercase, Go to shopify.com slash tvpod now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash tvpod.
1: 50% of the total TV deal gets uh, shared equally among all the clubs. 25% uh, is because of the ranking, where you end. And then another 25% is linked to, to the social mass, how many fans actually watch your matches. So whether we finish second or third, it matters, but it does not matter all that much, especially because like people usually finish in the top three.
0: Yeah, I mean, the only little pushback I have just, just a bit is it's about, I think, the this abstract success. Like again, like coming from it from, you know, related to Barca slash business side of things, like second and third in the table and playing well or not playing well. And the, even the number of points, if, if second and third are separated by eight points, that was eight points of lost revenue. That's eight points of, of fans not showing up to the Camp no, or not or, or not going to the museum or not mm-hmm. basically just not providing Barca that extra bit of revenue that success garners. I, I think that's really what I mean by the difference between second and third. Is that like that extra bit of playing well, that extra bit of success, that if, if they're challenging for the Liga, is different than comfortably being in third because Barca fans are so demanding that like they they bring in revenue when the team is flying at its highest. So I, I do also want to thank Patreon Mike really helped me out with both the the BLM stuff and the TV rights deal. So to add to what you're saying, like again first we're solely talking about the La Liga TV rights, the Champions League is separate. So due to the nature of this, also due to the nature of this deal being very upfront deal, we're Basically, again in layman's terms, we're replacing our short-term debt payments. Whether, as you said, it's deferred payments from or salaries, or again, it's still, I believe, still paying Liverpool for Coutinho. Like it's like eight mm-hmm. million or ten, right? Like he's technically paid off on the bar side, but still Liverpool. But so those short-term payment uh, debt payments, which remember the primary issue, as I've said for weeks now, with an obligation to share a portion of the TV rights room forward. So, but we know the short-term benefits. So that's the other thing here. It helps Barca out of trouble with the La Liga salary limits, and it helps them out of trouble with fair play this se- this coming season. But how much this deal helps or hurts Barca in the long run is what is again still very much unknown. And it Mike's these are Mike's words: If we get good terms and we make smart investments in the squad, that leads to success on the field, which means increased revenue. Then it was a good decision. But if we make stupid transfer decisions or get bad terms on the deal, then
1: it was really dumb. So yeah, yes, I may- mean. That, that is that that, that that is obvious, right? Now, I think there's another layer to this, though. So, one thing we need to increase our income, uh, and of course, to increase our income, we need to play well. But but the other thing is, what does this actually do right now? Imagine that we spend two hundred million on incoming players, regardless of whether that is or whether those two hundred million includes the money we earn from selling players, or even or if it's on top of it. Sure. We spent 200 million on people coming in. Do you think that Jordi Alba, Sergio Busquets, and Piquet are going to tell the club, yeah, no, it's okay. We can, uh, you can cut our salaries in half if they see us spend 200 million on the market? Hell no. Like, why, 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 why would they? That is insane. Um, the, also, if we spent 200 million, then next summer, those 200 million uh, would already be. Uh, an extra 40 million in, in amortization on all of the transfer deals on top of all of the salaries that that includes because the more that you spend on a the player, the, the higher the salary is going to be.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. So my, my big concern about spend, spending a lot of money on the transfer market right now is not even the expenditure of that money. It's what the expenditure of that money does in, in the big picture how this impacts the rest of the team, how this impacts us uh, next summer. Like It makes no sense now selling off 5% of our total income for the next 25 years. If next summer we have to sell off another 5% just to sign again. Yeah. So that, that, that will be my concern. And that is where we really need to trust the board that they really have a plan and they really know what they're doing. Well,
0: yeah, to add to that, right, like you you also called to hear that I've, I've heard you've heard some people call for, hey, we need to terminate the contracts of, of the guys who don't want to leave, so like Langley, Brothway, DT, terminate those deals. But when you look at the wage structure for the team, because remember, like the transfer fees you get for Langley, that what it's going to be, 8 million or 12 million. I, I'm not sure what even the market they're, is. For they're talking about loaning them out. Exactly. So I'm not sure exactly what even the transfer fee would be, but you'd assume of a player still quote unquote age wise in his prime, you would get somewhere between eight and 15. You'd assume Mm -hmm. for a player like Langley, And then for Umtiti might even be lower because you have no sample size. But if you terminate even the contract of Umtiti, like problematically, there's three and a half Umtiti's as far as weekly wages are Busquets, who's the highest earner at the club. And you're talking a very similar number to to Alba as well. So as as you mentioned, like terminating even Brothwaite, right, Brothwaite reportedly makes about 115,000 plus per week euros, but Alba makes around 400,000 weekly gross per per week. So, I mean, you're talking about almost four times, you know, Alba for Brothwaite, right? And Alba, however, you have to argue last season, obviously did four times more what Brothwaite did last year, right? So you, in theory, you're terminating Brothwaite's deal, not to balance your books, but to kind of say, okay, these are the problems we can fix right now, terminating some of these contracts. And as far as Busquets, ABBA, and PK, looking at not only their deferred wages from before, but even what you currently owe them, not talking about their deferred wages, you're talking about the problem, right? That is what it is. And you know, now we're doing that thing again, where it becomes opinion, where people bring up well, Carlos Puyol, he deferred a lot of his salary and he never paid it back. But again, he also went right into being an agent and was given agent commissions. And there's other things that were going on with Pique. with uh, with Pique, <laughs> of course, with Pique, there's other things always financially going on. But with <laughs> so with Puyol, I mean, there was already levers also set up for him. Whether the club was helping him out with that with those ambassador roles or sponsorships, or whatever it was. But you know, you're, you're having a, a subset of the fan base arguing Puyol, Xavi, and Iniesta. They seem to do this right. Obviously, we never had to worry if Messi did it right or not, because that was taken from him and us. And then you have Busquets, Alba and PK, right? The last of that generation, if you will. I mean, even Danny Alves, right? Did it the exact right way. He was forced out by the club and then he returned for his little swan song. And even now he said, OK, fine. Uh, the club doesn't necessarily want me to come back. So I'm going to part ultimately forever at 39. And that's it. But those three, PK, Busquets and Alba, are going to continue to be the problem, even though. They're valuable, they're valuable to this squad this coming season. But as we've talked about many, many times, their number, their num- and again, that's a thing, right? His number is the problem. Him mm-hmm. as a player is not the problem. He is a starter for Barcelona in 2022, 2023. Sorry, <laughs> he, had, he played mm-hmm. more than everyone else. He was essential to the way Xavi wants to play. But he also makes, again, four times what the likes of Cedinho Dest and so many of those other, the, the or even Araujo. Araujo makes 134000 and album makes four hundred thousand, and so, so I mean, and why would De Young be sold? De Young is fourth in that ledger. Once Dembele leaves, he'll be third with three hundred and seven thousand. So that's why you get rid of Frankie De Young because Kessier is going to come on a third of that. And so if Kessier can give you ninety percent of what Frankie De Young gave you, obviously that's why you sell Frankie De Young. It's, it's right. and that's why I go back to it. Frankie De Young. You can argue that it's about the stuff on the field, but it's eighty percent, ninety percent financial. Still, even if it comes down to that metric.
1: I, I don't know because if, if, if during the last three years, uh, Frank and young at Barcelona consistently plays at his highest level, then I don't know if we're selling him. Like, honestly. So, so I think, so I think it is.
0: But, wait, but I don't know. Cause Ansu is going to be making like 220,000 per week and his contract was just renegotiated and Pedri's at around 180, 190. So regardless of that in two years time, when Busquets and Alba are gone, and obviously Dembele is walking now. Frankie Young is still going to be the albatross because he's still got five years on that deal. His number is still going to be the albatross in the salary structure. So you're you're down this path where if things go wrong, like if the club doesn't have the success we're talking about with this gamble on these two deals, then you're going to re- need to renegotiate. Frankie Young, he's going to be mm-hmm. the guy that's going to be the issue when, when that's going to continue to push up against those the league of salary limits. So if anything, I, I truly believe the club is saying. I mean, I agree with you. Right. If he was totally untouchable, if he was the best player on the team, then he would be worth that number. But you're definitely careening on this path that says Frankie's going to make 100,000 euros a week more than six players or not six. That's too many. Three or four players that are better than he is or more essential to the team than he is.
1: Yeah. I mean, we're not even sure where he ranks in, in the midfield after Petri. Is he our second best midfielder? Is th- our third best midfielder, with Gavi breaking through? Really, is he going to be our fourth best midfielder? Like that is an open debate.
0: I, I heard the I heard the uh, the stomp of the Pablo Torre bandwagon starting to they're starting to the engine, <laughs> the and a,
1: and a lot of people are very excited about him. I'm I'm excited about seeing him just because correct <laughs> just because of how excited other people are about this kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, th- a- another thing I want to share with you, I think I finally understand why keeping uh, Sergio Roberto and putting him on 5 million for his last year is actually a good deal for us. Like it finally makes sense because the amount of deferred payments that were due were higher than the deal that we finally gave him. Mm -hmm. So that's how we're actually saving money on that deal. Even though we could have let his contract run out, Mm -hmm. but if we let his contract run out, we we would have still owed him all of the money we had not paid yet. That makes sense to me. (laughs) Yeah. uh,
0: That makes sense to me.
1: Like, it, I think you solved it. Cracked the code. It, it, it was like a huge uh, eureka moment for me. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not only why you're on the show, but yeah, that, that's a great note. And then to, just to go back to the, the assembly real quick, the, two, the, the other deal that we hadn't spoken about with the BLM is another note from Patreon. Mike, again, really helped me out with this stuff. He's a finance guy and uh, helped me straighten all this stuff out. So huge credit for him for doing my homework for me. But he's actually not that worried about the licensing and marketing sale based on the numbers in the last annual report which said that Mm -hmm. BLM is only responsible for about 8% of the club's revenue, which is uh, in total 44 million euros in June of 2020. And then 4%, this is largely due to the pandemic, but 4% then in June of 2021 at just 24 million euros. So obviously all that was affected by the pandemic, sure. But the report also said that it brought in 263,000 euros in profit in 2020 and a loss of 8 million euros in 2021 again, due to the pandemic. But there is a silver lining here where due to that deal, Barca hands over a part of their business that they aren't necessarily very good at to a third party who actually makes waves with it. The part of yeah. the deal, like, so this is actually a, a deal, that being the BLM, much more than the TV rights, that has a high percentage of actually working out great for Barca, again, as long as they mm-hmm. use those funds in proper ways. And again, if they work with the right partner, then they could come out on the other side of this doing pretty well, and yeah, yeah, that was pretty, yeah I agree yeah especially for I agree. people in the US. And if you're in the US or you're in Japan or one of those markets that Barca's still trying to figure out how to put a licensing and marketing foothold in. That's again yeah, I I'm optimistic, especially with the World mm-hmm. Cup here in 2026. Right. Like these are the kind of things where, I mean, this deal is going to probably be about 10 years is what you've heard. Right. Somewhere in there, five to 10 years. Like, so you got enough time to rev up and do a soft landing here in the U S for the world cup in 2026 and, and, and make more than, than that bread. Certainly. So
1: most most of the income there is local. We don't have to, uh, we don't have to know how, so we're not just looking for a partner who says, Hey, you know, it's, it's not going to be a silent partner who just puts up money, and expects part of the income. That's not what the club is looking for. They're actually looking for a, par- a partner who helps it grow. Now, I heard that the revenue was 55, not 40 something. Uh, but but even if it's 55, say you give up half of yeah, that. 11 million euros. Half of 55 is 25, 27, 27 million euros, 27.5 million euros. But then if that partner helps you grow the business, then your half is going to get a lot closer to to those 55 million, right? And if we get 200 million for it now, I would have voted in favor of that deal. I don't know if I would have voted in favor of the TV deals. But the BLM with the explanation that the club gave me, I I was quite confident. It's funny you mentioned Japan, because obviously we uh, lost a huge opportunity because we were sponsored by uh, Rakuten. Akden, yeah. And Rakuten is uh, basically Japan's Amazon, Mm -hmm. the way I understand it.
0: Well, yes, but Amazon's a bit more of a, of a, it, anyway, the numbers are not the same, but the purpose is the same. Yes.
1: Yes. But they're in Japan and we're not. Right. Well,
0: yeah. I mean, I think that deal, I'm not going to, there's no, <laughs> how do I say this? Uh, yes. There's absolutely no excuse for bartomeo and that deal. Cause it was around for multiple years prior to, I'm just not sure if Rakuten was, the right sponsor for the partnership for what Barca was trying to distribute, if you will. Like it just, it didn't, it, and again, this is the the board Like, I mean, you're asking me to blame Bartomeo board again. Like that's easy. That's a layup. I'll do that again. That yeah. They didn't, they didn't fulfill what that deal was probably set up to be when they made that partnership.
1: No, but other than that, like uh, you know, it's, it's not just what Rakuten does in Japan. Uh, It's also all of the contacts Mm -hmm. and connections that you could make through Rakuten in Japan. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. Rakuten is not going to set up a barsa shop. Right, right. Yeah, yeah.
0: But, they, to do but, it. but they, can, right. they
1: can make it easier for you. Sure. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's a waste opportunity, but if we're talking about waste opportunities under Mayo, that's like eighth on yeah. the, yeah. List. <laughs> Tenth yeah. on the mm-hmm. list. So the last yeah. thing here, maybe like two or three minutes on this. So after this conversation we had, after the assembly, after the meeting, you're right. There are still a lot of unknowns. This could all work out terribly. But you know, and I would also hope, I I honestly like part of me hopes that the club doesn't have 200 million euros burning a hole in their pocket. I don't, I don't want to see that. Like I'm, like that's exhausting to me. Thinking about the, yes, it's exciting to have players brought in, but like I'm nervous. Like I trust Alaman,i I trust the board, I trust the board, I trust the people behind the scenes to Mm -hmm. a certain extent. But again, 200 million makes me worried. But right, yeah. after, After seeing the assembly and hearing the numbers and actually like. Get kind of almost, almost like getting to the bottom of what we can get to the bottom of. Not only did it sound like, I, I, it's funny because I was also tagged and stuff from uh, the London is Blue podcast about Koundé, Chelsea rumors, all that stuff. So I was inundated this morning. I woke up with, with tons of notifications from Chelsea fans. And it was interesting to me to hear from other clubs, big clubs, if you will, around the world. Like Barca is now dead. Like they, they're like Barca financially. They've been told that Barca is completely broke. They're dead. They're dead in the water. If anything, you know, I, you and I have been banging this drum for years now saying, hey, Barca's is in worse financial shape than you think they are. We can stop mm-hmm. at Berlin-Holland stuff. We can stop at that. But yesterday's assembly, not that it gave me a little hope, but it sounded just there was a realism to it that it sounds like, OK, I think there is unknown in the future, but it sounds like kool aids are kind of on the same page of of, of what is left to do the tasks, the difficulties, and the road ahead seems much more reasonable, and it's, it's it just seems a little less cloudy than it did even a few weeks ago. Because again, like we're now dealing with real tangible numbers, and if those real tangible numbers come to fruition, Barca's in a good spot. And I also think again, just the, the just the fact the assembly existed is again is a reminder that Barca does it a different way. There is not some Qatari or Saudi Arabian benefactor who's going to come in and own the club. Like Barcelona are are. Right. Like, and that's, I mean, that's why so many of the people listening to this show and continue to listen to the show when Barca is in a financial ruin, when Barcelona missed out on Erlen Holland and misses out on Sadio Mane and whoever else also mm-hmm. want to name, the people Amen. who listen to the show are the ones who care about the club for what it represents. And I think if this club is able to, again, if we saw the worst of all of the financial troubles and if, if of crashing out in the group stage and Europa league, and not and, and and finishing second far behind the Liga for one season. If that was the worst that's going to happen, along with Messi, obviously the, the Messi debacle will probably. I think I'm talking myself out of it already, but the Messi situation will probably be the th- the stain that lasts on this club the longest, right? Like the way he left. I think that's going to be the one that is just going to. It's because it's a moment in time. You can make up for the other winning, but you can't make up for that day for that moment in time. No. Um, but it's but again, aside from the Messi stuff, like if the result of this season was the worst of Barcelona's troubles. I think again, so many clubs in the world would sign up for that in a second.
1: Yeah, of course, of course. It's just that uh, fans are so damn entitled. But what, what I worry about is like we, we we get a lot of money, and I worry that all that money is going to make what we need to do more difficult. It's going to make it more difficult uh, for players to accept pay cuts. Whereas previously, maybe we could get Lewandowski for thirty-five million. Now Bayern is trying is going to try to fleece us for seventy.
0: Fifty or seventy, yeah. You know. well, but then you sell. walk away. But then you walk away. Like you have to. You have I to mean,
1: yeah, but we have to walk away at fifty or right. forty-five. Yeah yeah, 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 right, right, sure. You know, and 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 the same for any other deal that we might try to make. So but even the DMLA, it, it's was very
0: away. like even this this influx of cash does not mean that you then
1: concede to DMLA's demands. I know, like no, I know, no, no, like but you may, you m- to. maybe you improve bit. it a little bit. Not. Yes, sir, and, and see what he does because it's still better than. Leads asking you sixty million for for Rafinha all of a sudden, right. you know. So, so it's a double-edged sword, really. Like if we had money just to survive and not sign, that might still leave us in a better spot one year later. But again, let's let's see uh, what uh, La Porta and uh, and Alemany do. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: again, it's the core of the team already exists. I, I would, I'll say it a million times this summer that. Ivansu is healthy, and Pedri is healthy, Gabi continues on, Araujo, there is no. a team in place right now already, and Barcelona can be very good. So, yep, so I, I'm, I'm calm about it, calm as they say. So, Levan, thanks so much. Yeah, last point, last word to you.
1: No, I'm I, 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 I am just going to take one minute. I have, because you, you mentioned uh, advanced metrics earlier, so, so I have one for you. Between Koulibaly and Eric Garcia, which one won a greater percentage of... Aerial duels. I mean,
0: so the obvious answer is Koulibaly, but you're going to tell me the answer is, is Eric Garcia.
1: Is no, it? it's, no, it's Koulibaly, okay. obviously. <laughs> but, of course he uh, did. <laughs> how many percentage points are there between
0: Oh, between. i I'm going to restructure it and say, I bet you there is less. I, I've looked at this before. I think there is less percentage points difference between Koulibaly and Garcia than there is between Araujo and Koulibaly. Yeah. Yeah, that's
1: what I thought. Yeah, I was surprised. And I don't watch a Serie A, uh, Italian football that much. But, you know, Koulibaly is, is a huge guy. Mm-hmm. Like, he's tall and and and, and he's strong. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not expect him to uh, win 59% uh, of his headers compared to Eric Garcia's 56. Mm-hmm.
0: And isn't Arajo in the 70s somewhere?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arajo is like seven, 73.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah yeah it was it was fun yeah. like looking at the Kounde stuff it was fun just reminding myself that Arajo's defensive metrics are like are a real are, are top like top 99th percentile that's what we're talking about like yeah. that is how good he is defensively he is not dribble yeah. past he's top no. like four in the world in that he was aerial duels or i think he's seven or eight or something like, yeah he no defense.
1: he's he's a, he's a, he's amazing and he's still going to improve But what i think would be interesting about Kounde if he plays a three man three man defense and he plays on the right side of that three man defense yeah, like that could be very interesting. But,
0: but I mean, we'll it see. also makes it also makes a right back not to say non-essential, but Dest is. I, I've said this. Dest will probably be a backup right winger then next season because there's three at the back. They consider Dest a winger now moving forward as just a backup winger. Or if they play for the back, he's an option. Exactly.
1: There. But yeah, or or Chavi will switch between three and four. Right. That, yeah. that, that I think is more likely. I don't see him as a winger.
0: Sure, but because Araujo and Kunde will both be capable of playing right back, we saw Araujo do it this season. Kunde's done it before. Because Mm -hmm. those guys are capable of doing that, yeah, they're either the right center backs. And we have seen as, you know, that sweeper, if you will, Araujo has played that position before. So, Yeah. yeah, so certainly you have two very, very, very good passing center backs in Kunde and Garcia who are very high in those metrics. And then you have Araujo behind them. That's, to me, feels stable. And regardless of what you have in front of it, uh, I mean, not to say that that doesn't mean that Busquets doesn't have to do the same job, but I think with those three at the back, you know, I think you might get away with a little bit more of not necessarily needing all of what Busquets gives you from that position. But yeah, that, those are discussions to be had if Kunde signs or something like that, which I think you know, we're still a few weeks away from that. Again, these deals still have to be, now that they've been approved, they actually have to be set in motion. You can't I don't really- have to be made. Yeah, it be made. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, 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 there's a lot important. of people.
1: There's a lot of people on Twitter saying, uh, uh, applauding Porta for for already making the deal, but the deal is not made yet. Right. Yep.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah. And you know who? And you know that the potential companies and candidates that they could make these deals with, we're watching that assembly. <laughs> you know, and hearing <laughs> the numbers that Laporta was throwing out there, but I don't Obviously. think. That will, Change and it yeah. too much, but all right Anyway, you can follow Levon on Twitter. Uh, it's that's something I always recommend. Go down the show notes, hit his name, tap his name, and give him a follow over there. And then we are on Twitter and Instagram as well at the Barcelona Pod. We're at d 13 for me. Close Facebook group, and also a special shout out to our Patrons because again, patreon Mike was a lot of help for for me here. And you're gonna hear from him likely in July, where we really break down the the super really exciting uh, annual report that'll come out at the end of June. So that'll be a fun show coming up in July. But there's also a La Masia show that uh, by show, I mean, I have a YouTube video that's like 20 minutes long or something like that. I'm currently editing it. Plus, that'll be on a podcast. It'll be on the podcast feed again next week as well. So look at look out for that. And we'll have our regular shows as well to look out for. So YouTube, that's the most on a podcast some fun content for the summer. But most importantly, thanks so much for listening to the show. Till next time, we'll talk to you soon. Forza Barca.